0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, listening to this gospel lesson, I can't help but be reminded of one of my favorite historical figures, Winston Churchill. That's right. There's a connection between Winston Churchill and Easter. Bear with me here. Particularly, I'm, I'm thinking about Churchill's earliest days as Prime Minister of Britain during World War II. Churchill ascended to the Prime Minister uh, role in May of 2000, excuse me, 1940. And when he did so, it was probably the bleakest, darkest hour in the history of Britain, the Nazi war machine was in full throttle. Already, Poland and uh, Norway had been overrun and they had just, the Nazis had just invaded Luxembourg, Belgium, the Netherlands, and France. In response, the British Army, it was called the British Expeditionary Force, was dispatched into France to halt this aggression, and they failed miserably, so much so that they were pushed all the way across France, all the way to the English Channel. And there, in the last days of May and the first few days of June, a rescue operation took place. The British nation came together to rescue, to extradite, if you will, hundreds of thousands of the British armed forces trapped in, in France. All of this happened famously primarily at Dunkirk. Now this exercise, this retrieval, this evacuation was a success, but it was a success in the face of resounding humiliation over what had been going on at the hands of the Nazi army. The last day of this evacuation was June 4, 1940. At the end of that day, Winston Churchill arose to his feet in the House of Commons. And in the aftermath of the humiliation and the, and the uh, Dunkirk exercise, he addressed the House of Commons. The speech that he delivered that evening Will be remembered as long as the history of World War II is studied, as long, I'm convinced, as there is an English speaking peoples, that speech will be remembered. Now, Churchill was never a man of few words. So this speech lasted something like 40 minutes. And almost all of it was taken up with a recitation of the facts, the events that led to this evacuation at Dunkirk. And then he talked about, in light of that, the status, if you will, of the British Armed Forces, what assets they had left, what they had lost, and all of that. All very, very important information, to be sure, but not very inspirational. But at the end of the speech, in the last few minutes, Churchill pivoted from talking about the facts and turned to inspiration. And he spoke these words, and these are the words that will live forever. On to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. And we will never surrender. We will never surrender. And this theme of never surrendering, never giving in or giving up, was Churchill's constant theme throughout the war. In fact, a year later, he gave another speech almost as famous And the situation was just about as dark. These things will go. Sometimes imagination makes things out far worse than they are, but for everyone. Never give in. Never give in. Never, never give in. Here is the connection between today's gospel and Churchill's theme. It is the theme of never... We celebrate, in part, the resurrection of Jesus. I said that intentionally. I'll repeat it. We celebrate, in part, the raising of Jesus. Don't get me wrong. Jesus' resurrection is massively important. Without the resurrection, there's no Easter. Without the resurrection, we are not here. But to be quite candid, that's not the greatest miracle of Easter day. And we're here today. The reason that we are here today is that after the resurrection, Jesus came back. Think about this with me for a minute. After all, all that had happened in history, Jesus came back. After all those times that God gave us second chance, after second chance, after second chance, after sending all of those messengers, after sending Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and listen. And then after all that, he sends his son he sends Jesus with the message of the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Surely we would listen, but we didn't. Instead, we tortured him, and we killed him, and we hung him on a cross. And after all of that, after the resurrection. God didn't say, enough, I have had it with you people. No, after all that, including what we did to Jesus, God sent Jesus back to us. I do not give in to your obstinacy. I will never give up on you. I will never, ever give up on you after all of that. And in response, we cannot give up on God. We cannot give up on God because God is never finished with us. Let me explain what I'm saying by way of example. Example. During the course of my ministry, one day I went to the bedside of an elderly, frail lady. This is a woman who had been bedbound for over two years. I had been visiting her regularly for those two years, and I watched as slowly, week after week, she declined By the time I got there to the day I'm thinking of, this lady was down to limited use. She could barely move her hands and arms. She could not turn over. By the time I got there that day, she wouldn't open her eyes. She hadn't spoken in a long time. Her lungs were filling with fluid. She had to breathe through her mouth, mouth wide open. She couldn't take anything by mouth. So all that the caregivers and the family could do for her was give her a moist cloth to moisten her lips. It was clear to everybody that she was on the precipice of death. She had but hours left in her life. At this point, clearly, then, then in a voice weak, Crackling, faint, and yet loud enough to be heard throughout the room, she spoke four words, and with thy spirit. The very end of her life, with literally nothing given up on God, and God stood up on the back of my head, and I'm sure everybody there. And suddenly, all of us instinctively that we were standing in the presence of God. who had nothing. God was still not finished with her. God is not finished with this world. God is not finished with me. God is not finished with you, and it makes no difference what circumstances we find ourselves in when the times are good or when we face the burdens that this life has to offer like this little old lady, whether it be broken relationships or depression or failures in our professional life or failures in our personal life or ill health, or any of the myriad of burdens that this life has to offer, it makes no difference. God has not given up on us, and God is not finished with us. God wasn't finished with her, and because of that, everybody in that room that afternoon was blessed beyond measure. This is why we celebrate today. Christ is risen, yes. But more than that, Christ came back. Christ, through those actions, said, I am not giving up on you. Don't give up on me. I'm not finished with you. And that, my friends, I cannot think of a better reason to celebrate Easter than that. Christ is risen. Christ came back. Christ is with us today. Hallelujah. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, amen.